What Shall I Cry? I want to add a subtitle to the sermon title this morning. I can do that. I'm Dean. <laughs> what Shall I Cry? An Advent Letter to God. An Advent Letter to God. Dear God, it's me again. I know it's Advent, a season of waiting. But really, how long do I have to wait to hear your voice, your word? How long do I have to keep on singing soon and very soon? I hope not much longer. You are the one we are waiting for. I know they say patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. That's all good and well, but I've been through so much like Israel, who was in exile, and I really can't take on any more pressure in my life. Exilic existence sucks. I don't know what to say about these days in which we live, God. So why is this biblical voice telling me to cry out because what shall I cry what can I say should I say must I say is it possible to say anything under these current circumstances in our nation and world to be honest God it's hard to know what to say or what to cry out I know many have cried out recently about being harassed and assaulted sexually, even molested. I know many are crying out as they lose their properties to wildfires in California. I know many are crying out in light of the violence in the Holy Land and the Congo. What shall I cry? Others are crying out for me. Isn't that enough? I don't know what to cry right now. I'm at a loss for words, even though I get paid to steward words. I know words matter, God, but I don't want to just fling them carelessly in the air because I know words can help or hurt. And I want to be careful with what I say these days, especially to those who have already served their term like Israel. So many people have paid their dues already with one thing after another. They need to catch a break from you, God, right now. They can't take any more pain and suffering and loss and cancer scares and emergency hospital visits and hospital bills and family dysfunction and mental anguish. Come on, God, give them a break. Give us a break. I mean, can't we just skip over Advent and get to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and have a jolly, jolly Christmas? Isn't this the season to be jolly? What shall I cry? That feels like a Lent question during Advent. What shall I cry? You mean, what language shall I borrow to express this sorrow? 
I don't think you want to hear what I have to say, whether it be a two-letter, two-letter, three-letter, or four-letter word. I, I know you can handle it, but I'm speechless. And sometimes maybe the best thing to say is nothing at all. Doesn't that hymn urge, let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand? Maybe my silence says it all, God. What can I say that will make any difference to change the world anyway? What can I really say to change anything? What shall I cry? Oh God, give me a break. I'm just grass and not just me. All people, regardless of the color blue they wear, are grass. And their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, even with all of the innovative medical technologies that could keep us alive longer. We're grass, God, grass. Bermuda grass, centipede grass, buffalo grass, wheat grass, blue grass, bent grass. Whatever it may be, we're nothing compared to you and your powerful breath. I wish we would hear more of this in the evening news that we are grass. What shall I cry? Me? Maybe part of the problem. Maybe that's part of the problem in the world. We want to do all of the talking and never listen. We want our words to fan the flames and fly high but they too will die, for we are temporary, impermanent, like grass. How is it possible, God, for grass to speak anyway? I mean, we are fleeting, fading, passing away, even withering away, here today, gone tomorrow. Just notice how many people have died from this Duke Chapel community in the last five years. We are mortal, and we should know this, God, just by looking in the bathroom mirror. Lord, have mercy, look at us. I remember the story, God, about a husband and a wife who were getting ready for bed. Do you remember that one, God? The wife stood in front of a full-length mirror taking a hard look at herself. You know, dear, she said, I look in the mirror and I see an old woman. My face is all wrinkled. Everything else is either sagging or bloated. I've got fat legs and my arms are all flabby. Remember this one, God? And then how she then turned to her husband and, and said, tell me something positive to make me feel better about myself. And her husband thought real hard and and said in a soft, thoughtful voice, well, there's nothing wrong with your eyesight. <laughs> Mirrors don't lie. All people are withering grass. 
a god losing hair and graying hair shrinking in some places growing in others back pains knee pains and some of us are just a pain in the neck we are failing and frail what shall i cry god what shall we cry the only thing i know is that we will all die and our earthly brilliance will eventually fade like flowers of the field. Why don't we let this guide our everyday ethics? No wonder they say the days are long, but the years go by fast. I get it now, God. A 15-year-old daughter going to a winter formal with a young man forces me to get it real quickly. Lord, have mercy on me. Grass. Grass can be viewed, according to poet Walt Whitman, as the beautiful uncut hair of graves. But I realize too, God, that being grass doesn't mean we are worthless to you. We are valuable to you, even though we wither, because in a pastoral economy where people herd sheep, grass is valuable. We are valuable, but you are the one who gives us value as your creatures. What shall I cry or say? I'm not sure. I need to hear from you. That's reasonable, isn't it? Because you are the word. You just don't speak the word, but you are the word. What shall I cry? Oh, no. What shall you say? What do you have to say about all that is transpiring in the world? I know you have something to say because you are the word, the word of God that stands forever. You were in the beginning and will be the ending. We wither and fade, but you are the eternal word with eternal life. I need to hear from you. We need to hear from you. I need a word from the Lord for such a time as this. I may not know what to cry, but this morning I'm all ears. Like the psalmist, I've inclined my ear to hear from you. Like a prophet once said, speak. For your servant is listening. We don't need another political uprising. We don't need another conqueror on the scene. What we need is a special word that will burn within our hearts and give us direction from above. We need a word from the Lord. A word from you, Lord, just one word from the Lord will remove all doubts and cause the sun to shine and give peace of mind. Speak, Lord, speak. We need a word. And that means we need you. 
I need you, God. My words fade and fail, but you will never fail me. I may not be forever, but you are. And I know you do what you say. You said, let there be light, and there was light. So when you say comfort, oh, comfort my people, there will be comfort even now, this morning, for your word became flesh. That means I not only hear your word, but can see your word at the communion table. Lord of lords and human vesture, in the body and the blood, he will give to all the faithful his own self for heavenly food. I see your word. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Your word is heavenly food, comfort food, the bread of life. What shall I cry? I don't know. I can listen to your word all day long because like a rose trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me. You became one of us and withered, but eventually won the victory. So now your resurrection word stands forever and is exactly what we need today. At least I know I need it because I need you. So feed us, your flock, like a shepherd. I trust your word on this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As you gather us around the table, you gather us in your arms and carry us like a mother with gentleness. I know that I'm still grass, but you are the gardener who gently cares for me by your fertilizing word that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What you told Israel is still valid for us. Nothing I can say in any sermon can compare with your ancient words ringing out of Handel's Messiah. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. God, I know you are a poet in your own right. And your words create new worlds. You may know of the poem, The Meadow. The last lines say, bedeviled, human, your plight in waking is to choose from the words that even now sleep on your tongue and to know that tangled among them and terribly new is the sentence that could change your life. Even as we witness the decay of human language in society, I choose you, the eternal word, as my word. Excuse me, God, for a moment. And let me now tell your overhearing children a sentence from your word that can change their life and changed my life a sentence that reminds me what I should cry in these days. Friends, 
You don't have to wait any longer. Like the prophet said, here is your God. Here is your God. And that should change your life. I know it's changed mine. Thank you, God, for listening to me, for listening to grass, with love for your everlasting word heard and seen in Jesus Christ, sincerely, your child, Luke.